0: Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to
1: Indiana basketball.
2: And hello, welcome in Friday edition of the program. It is supposed to be extra hot today, so be careful out there. Some week two football changes with the high school schedule locally, but uh, everybody playing it safe. I know it's been a different week when it comes to sports because of the heat index and the high temperatures, and it has been really uncomfortable out there. But hopefully we've got some relief coming as we get through this evening. Tomorrow should be... A little bit better, if not considerably better. But uh, you're going to have high school football tonight. High school football on Saturday because of some scheduled changes due to the heat. So a busy, busy weekend of high school football coming up. Let's look at the show lineup for today. A service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one. We'll talk high school football and how the heat has affected his team and look ahead to the Red Devils of Jeffersonville and their Hoosier Hills Conference opener now on Saturday against Seymour with Isaac Parker, the head coach of the Red Devils, coming up here in just a few moments. Uh, later in the show, Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, great friend of the show. He's going to join us to talk the very latest with IU basketball and football. And we'll wrap up the week with our friend Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, the latest on recruiting and basketball and some high school football on a statewide level as well, coming up later in the show with Kyle. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Why not try Honey Baked Ham in New Albany today for a delicious lunch Great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You may even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Ham in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad you did. The Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold, thirst quench to keep your day going in the right direction right now at Thornton's, All 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And don't forget to send a text, a question, a comment. How's the heat affected you this week? Are you going to a high school game tonight or Saturday? Are you ready for IU football? 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Our first guest today is Isaac Parker of Jeffersonville, head coach of the Red Devils. Coach, as you prepare for a Week 2 game, it's also your Hoosier Hills Conference opener, a little different because uh, the weather and the temperature forcing the Week 2 game to be played Saturday night at 7 o'clock as opposed to tonight.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it is unique. First of all, thanks for having me on. I uh, appreciate you. Good, to, good to hear from you again. It's been a long offseason. Glad to be uh, glad to be back with you. But it, it has been uh, you know a unique week. Uh, our kids have, have rolled with it pretty well. Uh, parents have rolled with it pretty well. We know it's uh, been you know the last minute change has been a little bit inconvenient for them. Uh, but, uh, we did. We pushed later this week. We went seven to nine uh, all week, practicing, uh, got outside when we could. And we uh, you know blessed enough to have a nice indoor area. We we're able to get some indoor uh, indoor reps in as well. a lot of middle reps and and uh, we'll finish up with a walkthrough tonight.
2: Isaac Parker, Jeff Football, my guest. Coach, you touched on how different the week has been. Obviously, there's a lot of responsibilities that come along with being a head high school football coach and really a coach in any sport. A lot to keep up with in the classroom, on the field, preseason, during the season, out of season. What's been difficult for the coaches this week? I'm sure there's much more you've got to stay on top of
1: absolutely you know and, and i think probably the biggest challenge we've had is getting that outdoor time uh you know especially when you're playing a team like we're playing this week where they have a very unique route concepts they have very good passing schemes and and being able to get outside and being able to uh you know give our give our defense the best look we can uh trying to trying to match up those those route combos with the appropriate coverage and and uh you know it, it's I think just just getting the uh, the opportunity to be with the young men this week in in, in, a, in a setting that's more consistent than than what we're used to. Of course, you know we've really preached all week staying hydrated. That's extremely important. Uh, make sure the the young men uh, and women drink uh, as much as they can throughout the day. Uh, you know it's it's uh, that was a challenge this week, but uh, you know outside of that again, it's, it's it's the kids have rolled with it pretty well.
2: All right. Talking with Isaac Parker, head football coach at Jeffersonville. His team will open with Seymour on Saturday night. Is it different for you as a coach? Is it different for your players to have the off night on Friday? I'm sure there's practice, obviously, but is it sure? It, it sure seems different to me to have some football Friday night and Red Devil football on Saturday night.
1: It's definitely different. Uh, it's you know I think there's something to be said about Friday nights, and and uh, you know I really appreciate the. Uh, the corporations, um, you know, keeping an eye on us and trying to make it the safest way they possibly can. I know that the uh, the heat indices between uh, difference between tonight, and tomorrow night, substantially uh, substantially lower tomorrow. Still going to be hot, but just not as bad. Um, and you know, it is different. Uh, I think a couple coaches and I are going to go out catch a couple high school games tonight, watch uh, watch some football, and then uh, I'm sure stuff will reach out to me this week. I think they plan on attending ours tomorrow, so it'll be a little bit uh, unique, uh, maybe even. Maybe even give you that awkward feeling of being left out a little bit. you know.
2: (laughs) Isaac Parker of Jeff, my guest. Coach, I promise we'll get into your team and the game tomorrow against Seymour, but it's been such an odd week and these games being shifted around is something we don't see all the time. Uh, Live scouting in high school football really doesn't happen because everything is on Friday night 99% of the time. So how different will it be to get out and scout another local rival tonight?
1: Yeah, I think the uh, my intent, actually I've got a, a really close friend whose uh, whose son plays uh, football at a high school. It's not on our roster locally, and uh, not on our schedule, excuse me. <laughs> and uh, you know, my intent to go out and support him tonight. But yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be unique, um, you know, for uh, for some of the guys to go out and watch. We have, actually have a coach on our staff who has family at, uh, at Floyd Central, and he's going to go over and support his family tonight. and uh, you know so it's, it's, it's almost a little bit of a relaxing week for us uh, you know as far as that goes
2: Isaac Parker Jeffersonville football my guest let's dig in talk about Saturday's game it's the Hoosier Hills Conference opener for the Red Devils and coach from week 1 results across all the conference teams Jennings County was the only winner so really interested to see as we get into weeks 2 3 and 4 how the HHC teams shape up. This is going to be the first all-conference game. Jeff and Seymour, both members of the HHC, on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, we, we paid attention to a lot of the conference. And, man, I'll tell you, I think uh, it's the one thing that, that we all did well this year is everybody uh, scheduled some, some really tough competition for the week one, the first couple of weeks. Uh, and, you know, I think you're seeing uh, the non-conference schedules from all of our uh, conference teams is really uh, big. Gotten pretty tough over the years, um, you know. We you watch that, you know. We we saw Whiteland last week. a uh, Big fan of Coach Fisher. Of course, his team was very disciplined, uh, and uh, they were very strong physically. Uh, they they did what they wanted to do, um, and and they did it well, uh, you know. And, and it just wasn't a great matchup for us uh, last week. Uh, looking forward to getting into conference play this week. See more stuff, man. They've got a uh, they've got a very powerful offense.
2: I know that uh, when I think of Owl football this year, Brett Perry, quarterback and wide receiver Jalen Johnson, will help power the Owls this season. So when you prepare for Seymour, when you think about a, a way to defend those two guys, slow them down, talk about the challenge Seymour presents.
1: They present a challenge everywhere. Um, you know, Again, a disciplined team, Coach Moore has done a great job. Uh, with them up there. You know, the quarterback's unique because he can get you with his arm, but he also has the ability to get you with his legs. He's an athletic young man, a uh, very powerful runner, strong. Um, you know, so it's uh, you're in one of those spots where if you spend too much time focused on the pass, then they're going to get you on the run and vice versa. Um, again, again, I think I mentioned it earlier, their, uh, their, their passing schemes are very unique, and that's, that's posed a uh, unique challenge for our uh, defensive coordinator. Um And, you know, Coach Schindler and I have talked quite a bit this week uh, as far as how we feel uh, is the best way to approach uh, the passing game on them. You know, it's not just those two. They have depth in the receiving. uh, As far as the receivers go, they have depth everywhere. They, they They can hurt you more than one way offensively.
2: Isaac Parker, head football coach at Jeffersonville, joining us here in the opening segment of our Friday program. Coach, you referenced the Whiteland game. It was a tough loss to start the season for the Devils, but you went to Central Indiana and you played one of the great 5A football programs in the Hoosier State. What did you learn about your team, even in a loss that maybe were some positives you took away to help get ready for Seymour?
1: Uh, we were very pleased with how a couple of our young men uh, that just entered the program uh, uh, played. Uh, a couple of freshmen, actually, in um, Braylon Frey. Uh, he's a, a freshman this year, came from our theater program, came from uh, middle schools, uh, from uh, River Valley. He stepped up on the defensive side of the ball and played really, way, uh, really well. Excuse me. A uh, Short tackler, uh, plays very violent downhill. Uh, his coverage is pretty solid from the secondary. Uh, very pleased with him. Very pleased with uh, Malachi Starks, another freshman. Uh, he uh, he came from uh, Rock Creek um, as an eighth grader and came to Jeffersonville this year. He stepped up and has been playing really well. Um, or it's very physical again. Uh, you know, so what we learned is. It was it was an excellent game. We're young in a lot of spots. We knew it, we knew it, uh, whether young in age or young and in experience uh, inexperienced. Uh, it, it was a great test for us. and and you know, you once you get on that first game and you're able to get into the film and really look at the uh, fundamentals and what we learned, I guess, is that any mistakes we made were all correctable. And that's what we went back to the lab and and adjusted our practices and and really focused on what we uh, what we needed to correct for this week. And you know again, I think each week you're going to see a better product and a better product.
2: Coach Parker, you mentioned this. Uh, you mentioned this earlier in your interview. Uh, not just the Red Devils, but a lot of area teams have really stepped up this year as far as the competition level. So. Yes, Whiteland's really good. Yes, it was a tough game, but uh, Seymour's a challenge as well. But you do come down to earth a little bit as far as Hoosier Hills Conference competition in future weeks and some other local competition. Uh, It's a great way, a tough way for you and so many other teams this season to start. A lot of tough week one and week two opponents for our local teams, including you guys.
1: You know, it's unique this year as we sat back preseason and looked at our schedule you know, we go from, uh, you know, our, our scrimmage opponent was Bloomington, uh, Bloomington North, and, and I, I would challenge you to find a defensive line that's as uh, big and, and strong as they were. And it went straight into Whiteland, who's, you know, a perennial powerhouse, and then we look at the conference schedule, and, and there's really no break for us this year, uh, you know, at, at all. We go back to, uh, you know, Seymour this week, turn around go Bloomington again next week, and, and you know, those are the co-conference champs, and then we cross the bridge and play uh, 6A Firm Creek over in, in Louisville, and Come back and get right back into Floyd, you know. So it's it's a uh, it's 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 a tough schedule for us this year. But I, you know, I think that uh, I think that you're starting to see uh, a, a, an increase in, in the quality of, of uh, you know football in our conference, and, and it's uh it's fun. It's good times.
2: Absolutely. Isaac Parker of Jeffersonville. Coach, as we think about your Saturday 7 p.m. game with Seymour, I'd be remiss to not mention it also as the official dedication of Bill Field on the campus of Jeffersonville High School. I believe that ceremony will take place just before kickoff on Saturday, but that kind of adds to the mystique of this home opener for the Red Devils and the start of the Hoosier Hills Conference season.
1: It's a special night. You know, Coach Ware such an impact. I uh, impacted this community in, in, in so many ways. Uh, a lot of young men, you know, whose lives he touched directly and, uh, you know, helped us uh, help navigate who we are today. Um, you know, Coach Ware, uh, he was uh, Jeff, I believe it was from 81 to, to 99 was his last season, 125 wins. And I've been, uh, so many, so many people have reached out to me this week and, and spoke of their intent to come uh, to the game and support that, just to be part of that as well. Of course, myself and, uh, seven other members of our staff all played for Coach Ware, um, so it'll be it'll be a good night, an emotional night, and you know very proud of him, very proud for him and his family. Excited that uh, that uh, it'll be you know a special night for everybody, um, and, and hopefully hopefully a good sized crowd for us too.
2: Absolutely. Isaac Parker of Jeffersonville, his first chat with us this season. Coach, I know we'll be in touch as the season zooms along, but best of luck to you and the Red Devils on Saturday night. Uh, a different game time, a different game day because of the heat, but best of luck to
1: you this week. Thanks a lot. Man. Good, good, uh, good to catch us. Absolutely.
2: Always fun to talk with Coach Parker and Red Devil Football here on the program. And, of course, each Friday we try to work in the latest with high school football, have on a coach or two, uh, depending on what the schedule looks like. And as you look at Jeff and Seymour, that's the the official conference opening game of the season uh, when they hook up on Saturday night. And he is right. Seymour will be a challenge. They are a good team. Won fifty-one forty-nine. 49 Excuse me. They lost 51:49 to Greenwood, who's coached by former Clarksville coach Justin Bozier in week one of the season, so the owls were right there, but uh, a good team at the conference, maybe one of the front runners in the Hoosier Hills Conference, we'll have to see how things play out. Other games tonight, uh, or I should say this weekend, in week two of football, Rock Creek is at Waldron, that's a six o'clock game on Saturday. Of course, the Seymour at Jeffersonville game, it's 7 o'clock on Saturday with the dedication of Bill Ware Field set to take place before kickoff. Brownstown at Charlestown, I think probably on paper, the game of the week, it is at Charlestown at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. And then Louisville Holy Cross at Providence at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Other games, Terre Haute South at Floyd Central, it's going to be at 8 o'clock start tonight. Bumped back a little bit because of the heat. West Washington is at Clarksville. That is an 8 o'clock game tonight as well. Silver Creek on the road at Salem tonight. Also an 8 p.m. kickoff. And Christian Academy of Louisville, a powerhouse from the state of Kentucky. They will play at New Albany tonight. That game has also been bumped back to a Friday night contest. So it's about split as far as later games on Friday night. All 8 o'clock kickoffs and then a number of Saturday games as well uh, for our local teams. But it's going to be a busy weekend, that's for sure, of high school football. And uh, I think that Jeff and Seymour game is going to be interesting. Uh, I also think uh, the Brownstown-Charlestown game has a chance to be a good one. But I'm not so sure. I don't think Holy Cross of Louisville at Providence, 7 o'clock Saturday night at Murphy Stadium, won't be one of the best of the seasons. Holy Cross has got some good young players Providence a big win in week one of the season to get things started. I think it'll be a competitive and a good one on Saturday night at Providence and again the Pioneers, kind of who we're focusing in on as far as local teams that could have the best record and maybe a chance to win a sectional and make a little noise in the postseason in 1A football but tonight will be a chat or I should say Saturday night will be a challenge and I think a good football game here locally so if you're looking for one to get out to and unsure where you may go that might be the one that you want to consider we'll head to a commercial break when we come back Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune and friend of the Hoosier Report, will join us as we talk the very latest on IU basketball and football. Plenty to get to today. Kyle Neddenrip still ahead. Week zero of college football coming up this weekend. Week two of high school football. Everything is moving now, back in, it seems like, the sports world, and college football is here, and high school football is underway. It's an exciting time, and we're uh, really on a downhill trod from here. All kind of football ahead, basketball season follows that up. We're back in action here in the local area and beyond. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday edition of the program. Thornton's Tech Line open, that number 502 414 1450. Again, 502 414 1450. For so long, Dylan Wallace, now former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, has joined us in this segment. Dylan recently transferred to a non, I guess you'd say non media job. He's working at the University of Notre Dame up in South Bend, but still keeps a close eye on. IU Athletics, and other things as well, and Dylan has agreed to stay on with us, uh, even as he transitions to this new job, so how about this, Dylan, instead of former sports editor, we'll call you just friend of the the show, friend of the Hoosier Report, is that appropriate?
3: Yeah, that sounds great to me, and you know, I still sort of am in media you know i'm I'm the media coordinator at notre dame so i'm sort of instead of me doing the own work you know writing and reporting i'm kind of helping just advise some of their students at notre dame doing it and you know it's kind of funny last night uh, indiana men soccer was, was in south bend so i went over to the game and was able to, to catch some hoosier action it was, a, it was a good matchup one one draw so uh you know the past collided with the present there so that was fun to, to be a part of that but friend of the show sounds great to me i've been doing it for a while now, I think, spanning over like three different roles. So it's been it's been a lot of fun, and I appreciate you guys keeping me on.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you with us. All right, let's get in. Uh, plenty to talk about here on this Friday edition of the program. And I want to start with IU and the quarterback spot. We found out from Tom Allen earlier this week. He said that Indiana's starting quarterback decision has been made. Players have been formed, but fans will not find out until, I guess, at some point probably during warm-ups of the opening game of the season just over a week from now for the Hoosiers. So any insight on that? And I guess is it a secret to the fans because it's a secret to the opponent? Uh, What's the benefit of uh, keeping this under
3: wraps once again this year? I'm guessing it's sort of a secret to the opponent or not trying to let them – out what Indiana could potentially do, but you know, we all don't really know what Indiana wants to do. We know at the end of last year with Dexter Williams they really like sort of having a mobile quarterback, you know, behind center, a guy and you kind of a spread it out offense that you can do a, a lot of different things with. So um, you know I would guess if they want to keep that system in place even Jackson seems like the more likely guy to be in that system with Walt Bell a second year you have a lot of weapons like Jalen Lucas and I think the running back room is pretty strong um, so if that's my that would be my guess but because uh, Thorby and, and Jackson seem like they're a little different you know in terms of what they bring to the table so you know if they are indeed keeping you know Tom Tommy even said at the end of last year they, it seemed like they wanted to go more toward a kind of a running quarterback type set um, that we saw with Dexter Williams a year ago so if that's still the case, it might be Jackson. Is, is is this kind of like a placeholder until Dexter Williams gets healthy? We know he won't be dressing for the first few games, this week, so um, a lot of stuff up in the air that we don't know. Um, and, you know, you start to wonder, does Indiana really know what they want to do on the offensive side of the ball, at quarterback, what kind of system do they want to run? You hope so, um, but I don't think Ohio State's all that concerned with who they named quarterback. Um, I think they'll be ready to go. Ohio State hasn't named a quarterback themselves, so... Um, you know, we'll, we'll all be finding out together on, on next Saturday who's going to suit up, uh, take those first snaps for both teams. But um, I think from Indiana's perspective, I'm glad they named it. So at least the guy who's going to be number one is going to be taking all the first-team reps throughout this next couple weeks here and, and being kind of the guy and starting to build more chemistry with with the players. But, um, you know, from the past couple years, we, we know that whoever's the starting quarterback, uh, you know, the number two better be ready, and the number three better be ready because these guys – some whatever reason can't make us through a season, whether it's injury or underperforming so um you know hopefully whoever's named to start of this year is comes out really good and and plays well and can can stay healthy for the whole year. but um just from what we've seen the past couple of years from Indiana, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple of guys behind center this year, but um yeah, I guess it's just to, to kind of keep things hidden from Ohio State, but I don't think Ohio State's gonna care too much who Indiana puts out there. I think they're gonna be uh, pretty comfortable with with whatever Indiana wants to do, and um, we'll see what happens though. I that should be interesting. My guess is it's Taven Jackson, um, just because of the style. I think, um, but that's really the only reason why I'm saying that. I don't really know. It seemed like they were both pretty even kind of throughout, you know, spring game and then summer. So uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll see who goes out there. But uh, I'm gonna guess it's Taven Jackson, and hopefully, hopefully, he plays well and has as good of a career here as his brother did. So that'd be nice.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's talk. A little bit more about the IU quarterback uh, position. One other thing that's uh, of interest, or I, and I really had kind of forgotten about it, to be honest, but Dexter Williams the third has been injured. He did some things before his injury last season that I thought were very interesting as far as uh, where maybe he could get to as a quarterback with the right experience and a little uh, bit of work in the offseason. He is supposed to be back at some point. Um, I'm not sure exactly when. Uh, that's going to happen, but you know he could be kind of a midseason, late-season surprise for Indiana if there were to be uh, an injury with Jackson or Soresby, whoever the starter is. If Indiana was to not have any luck from those two guys as far as success, maybe Dexter Williams can be a guy that comes in later on. Any idea when he could be ready and what kind of role could he play for IU football this year? Uh, he's not in the conversation right now, obviously, as an injured quarterback, to be the starter next week.
3: Yeah, well, it seemed like, you know, they asked Tom Allen about Dexter Williams because all summer, Allen said that Williams was progressing really well in his rehab um, and he was was doing well, but he said this week, you know, he definitely won't suit up for this first game and he probably won't dress for the couple after that. I don't know how long a couple is. Is it it the first three? Is it the first four? Is it the first five? Um, No idea. I would say maybe when we get toward that kind of week five range, Maybe we'll start to hear some things about how he might be ready to play. I'm not sure. Obviously, you don't want to rush a guy back. You know, we we know what happened with Michael Pennick a couple of years ago where he just didn't look like he was ready to play health-wise. Um, and, you know, that cost him the season, and, and now he he got time to be healthy, and he's, you know, one of the high-end candidates for this season. So you definitely, you know, if you think you have something in Dexter Williams, you don't want to rush him back, even if Jackson or storesby are struggling. You know, you're not expecting a whole lot out of this season anyway. You don't want to rush him back and potentially spice another step back, and then you're doing this whole QB carousel a year from now again. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can he can get healthy. And you know, if anything, maybe if he is ready to come back midway through the year, you know, maybe they throw him in some wildcat packages, have him kind of be a runner, or a guy that can put behind center to do some different things. Because um, yeah, he did show some good flashes last year, but um, you know, he w- he really didn't connect on a whole lot of passes. I think he completed 13 passes. all of last season for like 186 yards and and I think we were all excited because it you know he was able to use his legs a lot and Indiana was able to get some explosive plays and you know they had that really good win against Michigan State where I don't think they really threw the ball until the overtime so um it's, it's tough to kind of evaluate what what we think of Dexter Williams because of just a he didn't have a whole lot of throwing output last year and he was exciting with his legs you know so I think that's what everyone kind of grasped onto and you know, you saw the, the the offense really start to maybe form a, an idea of what they want to be. So I think that part of it is exciting. But in terms of Dexter Williams as a passer, I don't really know what to expect. And if he's ready to come back, you know, hopefully he's progressed in that area because he didn't really do a whole lot in the air last year. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a big question mark whether he's ready to come back and what he can do. You know, I think his passing stats were worse than what Donovan McCauley's were a year before that, and obviously McCauley's now a, a wide receiver on the team. So, um, it, it's all it's all interesting to to look at from that perspective, but you know I wouldn't be shocked if we're, we hit the midway point of this year and he might be ready to come back. You know maybe if if Indiana has a solid quarterback in Jackson or Soresby, maybe Williams just comes in as like I said like a wildcat package, a guy who can you know do the read option and make a couple big runs for him because he's got that big size to him. So um, I'm really curious to see what happens with him, and you know maybe Indiana just throws him in there because they because they think he's their actual guy. Like I said earlier, you know is this kind of QB situation, sort of a placeholder until Williams is ready to come back because they like what they saw from him a year ago. I'm not sure. You know, this is going to be interesting, and it uh, just feels like it's year after year. We don't really know who the quarterback is. Um, and the one year we thought we knew who the quarterback was, he, he was injured and wasn't ready to play, and, and now he's gone and, and somewhere else. So um, it's been a struggle for him to find a guy in this position. So I think we got three options right now, and, and hopefully you know, one of them can stay healthy and can produce at a high level because – you know, it seems like, you know, for this team, you know, their schedule, you know, it's it's not super hard. And there's a couple games against teams that are kind of even with them. So, you know, if some of those swings their way, you know, they might have a little more wins than people expect. So we'll see what happens. But it all starts with that position, and uh, there's a lot of question marks around it right now.
2: Dylan, before we get to some IU basketball recruiting stuff today, I want to bring up the uh, ACC conference. There are rumors out there and some reports that Cal and Stanford could be headed to the Atlantic Coast Conference, and that obviously geographically doesn't fit in with the rest of the ACC, but who knows if geographics matter anymore. It's all about television and money, it seems, in college sports these days. Uh, your reaction to maybe the addition of Cal and Stanford to the ACC? doesn't
3: surprise me. You know, like you said, the geography of all this stuff is, is really just kind of phasing out at this point. It's not going to matter um, for the most part. I, I liked that the Big Ten added some more West Coast teams to where UCLA and USC had a little bit easier of a schedule. But these teams, they, they all make so much money that for some of these bigger programs, the travel really won't be much of an issue. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. What made me laugh about it was that it was kind of Notre Dame who was pushing for them to the ACC to add. You know Cal and Stanford, um, but obviously Notre Dame won't commit to the ACC themselves, which which I think is, is funny and, and right on brand, you know. So I I really I really would love to be able to try to find a way to. Talk to the Notre Dame AD now that I'm down here in South Bend, and I would just love to get his thoughts on what's going on and what their thoughts are, and you know if they would ever even consider realigning with some kind of conference. Probably not football wise. I doubt it. They make enough money with NBC as it is, but um, it's just it's just interesting. You know, they're the kind of the, the biggest shoe left that hasn't dropped, and they might not ever because they they get that got that big deal. But yeah, I thought it was funny they were pushing for those two schools to join, but they won't really commit themselves. Uh, it's pretty on unbramby. Yeah, I mean. I would not be shocked. The ACC obviously needs uh, to try to do something here to kind of catch up or play catch up a little bit with, you know, the SEC and the Big Ten, even the Big 12 is trying to make some moves as well. So, you know, we, the Pac-12 is already basically dead. So I think the ACC is kind of the next weakest one that we got there. So I, I'm not shocked at trying to make some moves and potentially add these schools. So, um, you know, maybe they're able to do it and stay afloat, but we'll see. It's all going to be really, really interesting to see how all this plays out, you know, the next few weeks the next year or so um, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more movement with a lot of these teams and and how the conference is going to really shake out and what's the playoffs going to look like postseason, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how everything plays out. But I wasn't surprised by it. I think it's probably a smart move by the ACC just because they, they do need to play some catch-up here. So they want to stay, you know, a, a bigger conference. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, uh, I think I think we'll see if they're able to make it happen. Right now, the other schools, I mean, they don't got much to do in the Pac-12, so they may as well move somewhere. And, uh, you know, no no better offer comes than from the ACC. I wouldn't be shocked if we see those two in the in that conference anytime soon.
2: Yeah, I think Cal and Stanford would take about any legitimate offer from the Big 10, the Big 12, the SEC, and even the ACC at this point uh, because they are kind of hanging out there right now in the Pac-12, uh, which which is no man's land. Uh, IU basketball, one recruiting topic quickly I want to get to. This is definitely noteworthy. Little, Ro- Little Rock, Arkansas product, Anor Boating, um, has scheduled a visit to Indiana, which we knew was coming. And now that we know his full bevy of visits, it looks like the official to Indiana in late September is going to be his last visit to a college. And then he is set to make an announcement uh, right after the first month, it looks like, into October. So, uh, you know, that's always a good thing when you're the last. You get an opportunity for the final push with a certain recruit. And it seems like, according to this story in the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, that Mike Woodson has handled a lot of Boating's uh, recruitment directly, which is interesting. Uh, He seems like he has uh, very regular conversations with Coach Woodson. I'm sure there's an assistant coach assigned or involved as well. But uh, definitely seems like Coach Woodson is a believer and uh, that maybe Indiana has a chance here to land him.
3: Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, you know, you look at you look at some of the other schools that are in his recruitment, and um, I think if you're an Indiana fan, you, you probably feel pretty good about, you know, where, where it stands. You know, there's some Missouris or the Virginia Tech in there. So um, I, I think from that standpoint, you know, you kind of like what Indiana's bringing to the table. And if Woodson's heavily involved, you know, which it doesn't always seem like he is, you know, they, he's kind of always kind of the closer that comes in. You know, uh, the other coaches kind of bring the – they, br- they bring in the guys in and Woodson's always there to try to close the deal, you know. So I think the fact that he's really involved with this kid from Arkansas um, really shows that, you know, they're, they're really interested in what this guy can bring to the table, you know. which which excites me because so far, you know, Indiana's brought in some really talented players. Um, and obviously there's some, some guys this year that we're excited about that we haven't seen yet, but from, from all reports, I mean, it seems like these guys are, are ready to go. So the fact that he's coming here, you know, Indiana's one of his... You know, sticks top schools, you know, the fact that he's coming here for his final visit and then in late September, and we'll probably decide, you know, in October, um, you know, you hopefully that, that visit stays fresh in his mind and, and he got a lot of good things from it and is ready to roll. So, you know, I saw this ad on Twitter. I wish I could know where it came from or where it was, but it was something like, you know, top-ranked recruits who come to Indiana for official visits, and it was like the, the amount that Mike Woodson has brought in, it was like a substantial amount more than the previous you know, five years or so for Indiana basketball, and it just shows you the type of talent that they're really getting here and actually getting on campus. You know, obviously Indiana would always offer these kids in the past, but the fact that you're getting these guys to come in for official visits and actually showing interest in the program, and you're landing some of them, you're always in the top whatever of these guys' is, you know final couple lists. Um, it's been some real progress made in the recruiting front, um, and you know, hopefully with with this guy from Arkansas, Botang, I think is how you say his name. So you know, with him coming in. Um, you know, it should, it should be good. You know, obviously, you know Auburn and Ohio State; those are some 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 guys that you can compete against in Arkansas as well for this for this kid. And you know, maybe he wants to stay home and just you know go to Eric Musselman, who's who's done a pretty good job himself with recruiting. So more so in the transfer portal, I guess. But so I'm, I'm excited to see what they're able to do. They're, they're bringing in a lot of really talented guys coming up here. Um, obviously, with. Later this month, or not later this month, but later in the year, you know we got Hoosier State coming up, and, and some couple games coming in. That's a good time to get guys on campus and really kind of experience what it's like to, to be a part of Indiana basketball and see the fan base and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, we're we're inching toward a really positive time where where we try to Indiana tries to you know make or break recruits here. So this is one of them to keep an eye on for sure. And I think the fact Wilton is heavily involved um, shows a lot that this guy could be a really major player. And uh, hopefully, Indiana is able to land him.
2: All right, uh, Dylan Wallace, former sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, great friend of this program with us Fridays as we talk IU football and basketball. Dylan, as we head out, what a great time. High school football headed into week two, Uh, college football week zero. We're a week away from IU and Big Ten games. Just a great time of year because we, we also know at the end of this, uh, college football is bookended by the start of college basketball season. So it's a good time for sports. We had a little drought here the last couple months, but we're back.
3: i got to admit it's been brutal the last, like, month or so. I've really been longing for football. Um, you just I just, you, know, you get home, and it's a Monday night or it's a Saturday, and you're like, man, there's nothing to turn on the TV. Um, so I cannot wait. Week zero tomorrow, I don't care if the games are a little – hit or miss and not the most interesting, I'm going to be tuning in to all of it. And uh, then a week from tomorrow, like you said, we're going to get all the full slate. So I, I absolutely cannot wait. Uh, it's going to be a great time, and uh, hopefully the weather stays a little a little, a little cooler for, for these high school football players tonight because it's been brutal the last few days.
2: Absolutely. Dylan Wallace with us. Dylan, thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you, too. All right. Dylan Wallace with us on the Friday edition of our program. You know, the FIBA World Cup is underway. Number of games played. I think as early as 3:30, 4:30 this morning, and the United States they play tomorrow at 8:40 a.m. Eastern time against New Zealand. So um, it's fun. It's different. I like to see some of the different countries play. If you're a basketball nut, I'm sure you'll be tuning into some of it. The game times don't match up well because of the locations of the game. So many games start at 4, 5, or 6 o'clock in the morning at these different locations. But uh, we'll see if the USA can make a run. They are the favorite. I saw the heavy favorite, according to a media poll. 60-plus percent think that uh, Team USA will win the gold medal at the World Cup. I think Spain, maybe, is the second most uh, likely team to win. I can't remember exactly, but... Should be fun, of course, for the United States. A lot of younger guys, but some talented guys uh, getting an opportunity to represent the country. And so we wish them the best and look forward to following in with their opening game tomorrow morning at 8.40 a.m. against New Zealand. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle and I will talk high school basketball and football coming up as we wrap up the week here on this Friday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: You're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Mad Daily at 11 a.m. And for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison.
2: All right, we're back on this Friday edition of the program. This text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We always get the chance to talk to Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star in the final segment of the week. And, Kyle, heat has absolutely wrecked havoc on high school sports here in southern Indiana. Uh, And, in in fact, we're going to have a number of Saturday games with our local teams as well, is it affecting things as bad a couple hours north of here in Indianapolis?
4: No, I didn't even realize that, Matt. That's—I uh, know Evansville had a, had at least one I saw yesterday, but uh, we haven't had. We have mostly had games moved to 7:30 or 8 tonight. I, I just got another text. Uh, I haven't checked uh, as I just got on the phone with the. I Plainfield moved their game from even they had it at 7:30 now 8 o'clock. So there's been a few more of those this morning, but. Uh, I haven't heard any here going to Saturday. That obviously is uh, problematic, probably for your overall gait uh, to do that. But you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, it's uh, it's still very humid, and I think after t- after today, after tonight, it'll it'll cool off at least here. I think it is there too. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely going to be a later night with these games at 7:30 and eight. But uh, I think most of our games are, are at least going to be played tonight.
2: Kyle Rip the Indianapolis Star, with us. Yeah, heat definitely causing some issues down here. Kyle, takeaways from week one football. I know there were some big games. You had a chance to see Center Grove in action last week, and I always enjoy keeping an eye on the local teams here, but also some of the better teams in the state of Indiana. So what do you see heading into week two?
4: Yeah, I went over to Canton to watch uh, Center Grove play uh, St. Edward, which is a top you know, 15 team nationally. If there's 14 teams or whatever better than them, I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to see them, but, uh, a very good team. Center uh, Grove, uh, was definitely up against them from a physical standpoint. Uh, St. Edwards is so big up, up front. I thought defensively they played pretty well. It was 27-10. It wasn't a complete whitewash, but, uh it'll be interesting tonight. They play a champion out of Tennessee, Oakland, a three-time champion, kind of like Center Grove, so I'll be curious to keep an eye on that score, but yeah, overall, I thought, you know, kind of going into week two, I'm like, 6A looks even more uh, competitive, and and kind of a uh, mismatch, uh, you know, Ben Davis went over to Cincinnati Mower and won easily, so that that was a surprise, I think, and, you know, to see Brownsburg Cathedral tonight, you know, that'll be an interesting game between a couple of top five teams, so, you know, I I I'd still think Senator O was probably the team to beat, I had a chance to also see Hamilton Southeastern play four Wayne Carroll Friday night, and, and both those teams are very good, HSC ended up winning, but, uh I, I, I think that could be a potential semi-state game again. It was last year in Carolina, but uh, HSC has a lot of talent, especially at the skill positions. So, yeah, I mean, 6A is always fun. It's always a lot, very competitive, and I think this year it will be no different uh, from that standpoint.
2: I know I was looking at some future schedules from some of the big Indianapolis-area schools, and... Ben Davis is taking on IMG Academy from down in Florida. Uh, What a challenge for for the Giants. I just was kind of looking at some of these out-of-state matchups. There has been some rule changes recently that allow uh, teams to at least come in from further than 300 miles out, which used to be the limit. But uh, wow, IMG Academy uh, to Indiana to play Ben Davis here in a few weeks.
4: Yeah, I was joking. Jason Simmons—they—they uh, they scheduled that game, and then Jason took a job in Miami, of Ohio, as a, a running backs coach. So I, I was kind of joking with him that maybe that's the reason he got another job. But uh, you know, they're, they're, yeah, I think that game's sort of like, uh, hey, let's go see what it's all about. It can only help us. I mean, IMG is absolutely loaded. I mean, up and down the roster should be a fun game just to see their talent level. But I don't know—you can take too much out of that. Ben Davis will be up against it. Uh, that'll be tough, but. Ben Davis has their own special players too, like Mark Zachary, who's got all kinds of offers. They got a quarterback going to Miami of Ohio, uh, Thomas Godkowski, who's very good. So, you know, who knows? I mean, you, you kind of roll the dice. Ben Davis should be three, you going into that game and have some a little bit of momentum. But yeah, I, I like you mentioned. I had people ask me about that. Like, why can they? Why are they able to play this game? And like you mentioned, they did change that rule. Now you can play teams from outside. The 250 radius but not uh, you can't travel to like IMG Academy so there was that change made and uh, I think it's a good thing yeah I think it's good to be able to at least play those teams at home and uh, you know if that's what you want to do and and we'll find out how it goes but uh, that rule did go into effect this year so you'll see I think you'll see a handful more of those type of games
2: Kyle then ripped the Indianapolis star my guess Kyle uh, looking at basketball um, of course We've talked a lot about some of the key players and Indiana's involvement in them. Someone asked me to, and this this question's come up before, but Kyle, are there any other younger players, sophomores, freshmen, that maybe we haven't heard of yet, at least in Southern Indiana, that have the potential to play high major college basketball that Indiana, Purdue, other Big Ten in-state schools could, could get involved with? I know that Braylon Mullins of Greenfield Central is a fairly new name that's burst onto the scene. But... A text asking: Is there any others to maybe to think about for
4: the future? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's always you know Dizon Hall from uh, who's actually going to be at Pike. Uh, he was played at Tinley last year, uh, transferred over to Pike, and I think he'll be a name that you know sort of. I had a chance to see him play this summer, and then you know talk with him a little bit, uh, him, and his, him and his him and his dad this summer, and yeah, I think he's he's definitely getting some. You know, high major interest at this point, and he'll be a, a uh, he'll be a sophomore only this year, so he's got three years ahead of him, and we'll see what he does at Pike. I mean, that's a different, that's kind of a jump up from Tindley, uh, but he plays pretty high level of, of uh, basketball already uh, in the summer and whatnot. So, and he's a guard. He's probably I don't know six two or so, very athletic. Uh, you know, left-handed. Uh, so he's a name I think that'll be on the radar. Yeah, you mentioned Braylon Mullins. I still think he's a little bit under the radar, but he'll be a junior. You know, he's got two years here left, and I think he'll uh, he'll start to put his name in that, that category. I really like this 2025 class. I've seen a lot of good players in that class uh, overall, and I think 2026 has some has some talent, too, and uh, 27, I don't know that well at, at this point, but uh, I do know a few of the players. I know there's a lot of talent in that class, too, so... Twenty-four is a little bit of a down class, but I think you'll see, you know, these next three classes be very good.
2: Absolutely, Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle enjoy football, and we'll catch up again next week.
4: All right, thanks a lot, man. Have a good
2: one. All right, that's going to wrap things up for our Friday show. If you missed the live show, you can always find us at the podcast. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. Stay cool. Be careful and enjoy football tonight or maybe Saturday night here in the area. And we'll talk with you Monday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.